You are listening to the Bold Dreams Held Loosely podcast hosted by myself, Taryn Watts, and my colleague and dear friend, Michelle Terrio. We believe that the quality of the conversations you're inside of shapes the quality of your life. Whether that's a conversation you're having with others, listening in on, or contemplating within yourself, what you think about and where you direct your energy matters. At the Mind Rebel Academy, we train and support change makers to step into their life's work as world-class coaches and leaders. After mentoring hundreds of people from around the world, what we've come to realize is that the most extraordinary coaches and leaders have one thing in common, and this is that they are wildly devoted to living deeply examined lives. After all, you can only go as deep with another as you're willing to go within yourself. And this podcast is just that, Michelle and I, two coaches and leaders, having raw, honest, very human conversations that are expanding our minds, opening us up to new possibilities, and keeping us steadfastly committed and focused to walking our path towards our deepest yearnings and greatest visions. And our intention is that these conversations do the same for you. So get comfy and settle in, and as always, you're invited to take what's for you and gently leave the rest. Enjoy. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so we're going to just dive into this conversation that we've been swirling inside of around prosperity. I don't know where the heck this conversation is going to lead us, Michelle, but we've both been swirling inside of this idea of prosperity and and okay maybe I'll I'll explain what I've been swirling inside of and then you can explain what you've been swirling inside of and then we can make an intersection because I think we've been coming at this from like just our own different lenses our own different angles and I know that every time I hear you talk about this topic, my mind goes, like I expand and, and vice versa. So I think it's, I, I think it's, I think this topic of prosperity and wealth and abundance is, it's such a universal yearning and desire. Um, and, and I think my, where, where, what I've been sitting with lately is I know, okay, several things. I'm just going to start talking. But I know how to create prosperity from a place of really hard work and grit. And like, I know, I know, I know how to do that. And I'm yearning for another way. And I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to shift into the energy of less chasing and striving and and the, that energy of like making it happen and 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 wild work ethic and and I want to move into a place of ease and we've talked about this theme of being like being like relentlessly pursued by prosperity rather than being the pursuer of prosperity. And for me, it has, there's also these links of 
like full, full, uh, like full authentic creative expression. So that that's what I'm inside of. I got all, all sorts of other thoughts that I'm excited to have this conversation with you about. But I'm I'm curious, Michelle, from your end, like from your lens, what is it for you? Okay, I have a similar feeling of where do I start? I feel like there's so so many things. Um, <clears throat> I saw this when I was scrolling Instagram over the past couple of weeks. I I don't even remember how long ago this was. But someone was asking a question, like putting a question out to um, social media world. And the question was something along the lines of, it was a really thought-provoking question. It was something along the lines of, if you knew your dream could come true in six months, would you do everything it took to get there? It was like, oh, cool question, right? And surprisingly, my very, very clear gut feeling was absolutely not. That is the easiest no I have ever said. And I was like, oh, fascinating because, you know, I just, it's no matter what the intention of the question one was, it was a thought provoking question. And um, I was surprised, a little bit, kind of surprised by my answer only because I imagined that a lot of people would answer the other way. But for me, the answer was no, absolutely not. If I could have my vision show up in six months of everything I wanted, but I had to do like anything it took to get there. No, I don't want that. I don't want that anymore in my life ever. The process to get somewhere has to feel so good. Everything I do to get there has to feel good to me or else I don't want it. I don't want to sacrifice uh for a while to get somewhere i don't want to have to like work 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 and be so tired and then the payoff will come no i don't want it i want it it i am i've decided that i am instead going to be committed to just the right now it has to feel good right now i can't sacrifice feeling good now for a future payoff i can't feels too crappy because that's like your whole life. Your whole life is the goals that reaching the goals are such a tiny pinpoint. Mm -hmm. And the, the process to get there is like your whole life. And so I would rather my whole life feel good than care more about that particular goal. Cause I'm just going to have another one later. Yeah. Very true. You know, like if I think about right now, this is coming up so much around prosperity. Um, and it's very true that I yearn for the feeling of prosperity. <clears throat> I like literally yearn for more money. It's that's like an aligned that that's like, I know that's true. I really do want that. It's also true that like, if I went back however many years ago, I'd look at where I am now and I would have thought I would have felt very satisfied. So it's like, there's always mm -hmm. more goals. And, um, I, you know, when people say like, oh, she's a go-getter, he's a go-getter. I am not a go-getter. <laughs> I am the opposite of a go-getter. I really, really am. I'm not built that way. Oh my gosh. I, I don't want, I'm not a hard worker. I'm not a go-getter. I am not 
not any of those things. And I just finally want to really accept that and honor that and honor that, no, I would like to just be me and I would like to be pursued by all the things I want. I want them to come to me. Um, and my phrase, I've told you this, but my phrase that I've kind of been um, repeating to myself and staying close to is, I want to be, well, what I say is, I am she who is pursued by all that she desires. And I love that. That, I don't want to be a go-getter. I want to be she who is pursued by all that she desires. And even just getting to sit in that energy, I'm already so much happier, even though my goals may or may not be closer. Because it feels so good to think that's possible. That's what I want. And and that's what I've been swirling around and around. Yeah. Okay. So that that sentence or that statement that you've had. So you've been talking about this idea of being pursued. And when you say you are not like you're not a go-getter, you're not, a, you know, you say you're not a hard worker, but I, I think you are in different, in a different way, like in a different way than what this, you know, the standard, mm. you know, looks like, but I am those things. <laughs> and so when you used to say that, and this wasn't even that long ago, like a couple months ago, you, you, you developed that statement and shared it with me. And I was like, Oh, that sounds amazing. I can't quite understand what it means. I can't quite, whatever. I, I, I like what you've got going on here. I like the feeling of this energy, but it, I couldn't compute what it, I couldn't feel it in my body of what that would, what that energy was like. And, and then I think it was last week I sent you a message. I was like, Oh, I get it. Uh, oh, I understand. I, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. And for me, like work ethic, um, and I don't know if I like the term go-getter, but like, like, like hard work, I love that. <laughs> but I love it coming from the right place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I'm, I'm, I want to, how do I'm, I'm, I, this energy feels true. And this, this energy of, of wanting it to come from the right place and, and sitting back in this energy of, of being pursued by the things that I yearn for and desire. That's what I want to touch more deeply. Hmm. Yeah. What, um, what took it in your mind? I can't remember. You might've told me this, but like, what took it from seems like a good idea. I like what you've got going on, but I don't, I don't really, I can't feel it to, oh, I feel it. Mm, good question. I, I, oh, I can't even remember the exact moment, but I think like, like all things, when I hear something when I hear another, like deep truth from another human, which is what I heard from you, it 
planted a little seed in my mind. And it was almost as if, okay, I could that, that seed stuck because I was deeply listening to you and, and taking in your words. And I was like, whew, I love the energetic feeling of what you're saying here, although I can't even begin to conceptualize what that even means or what that even looks like in my own life because it's so far from how I have looked at the you know prosperity or the accumulation of wealth in the past. It's so far from any um, like construct or even model of what I have for the world of how you do that. My model for how you do that is you work really damn hard now and then you get to sit back and and relax. You know, I I I I look up to my parents so much. I my parents are my heroes, like truly they are. And that was their that was how they that was how they did it. They worked so hard when my brother and I were young, they worked so hard. And, um, you know, and, and for, if, if I look at like my dad's story, my dad's dad died when my dad was young and he worked three or four jobs and died before he got to enjoy life. And so my dad's goal was by the time I'm 40, I'm going to work so hard. When I turn 40, I'm retiring and I'm living my life. And that's what I witnessed, right? My dad worked so hard until he was 40 and then he retired and, and, you know, um, or maybe it was 45, 40 or 45. I can't remember the number. And that was my model of what, okay, look what they did, you know, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work so hard and I'm going to have this goal and I'm going to, and then I'm going to just enjoy every moment of life. Mm. And that's a beautiful model. Like it is a beautiful path. And I think that that's the, that's the path I've been walking down. And I think lately, like, you know, the question you just, you had answered for yourself, the question of if your dreams could come true in six months, would you do anything it takes in this moment where I am today? My answer would also be no. I think as I've been walking that path, I'm tired. Like I'm tired of the, I'm tired, you know? Yeah. My whole body goes, oh, no, 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 no more. <laughs> no, like, you know, my whole body is um, like really yearning for a different way. And I, I have this sneaky, suspicious, I have this feeling, I have this deep feeling that there is another way. And I believe it. I believe there's another way because, because the same, the same energy that you've been talking about, like this energy of ease and being pursued. Like, can you, can you say your statement one more time? Yeah. I am she who is pursued by all that she desires. Yeah. So I feel that in other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. And and that always hasn't been so. I feel that in the way I feel that in my marriage. I feel that in my family, in my home. You know, if I think about my my, you know, my deepest desires, I I yearn to love and be loved. Like I yearn to love and be loved. 
And for me, that, you know, when I think about the way I love my people and the way I receive love from my people, whether that's, you know, my husband or my kids or my friends, um, my community, the the love that exists in the MRA with our students and our alumni, um, my extended family, like, oh, that's just such a, it's like effortless. It's so easy. And it hasn't, relationships haven't always been that way for me at all. Like it was something I worked towards and now it is effortless and easy. And so because I've achieved that level of abundance and ease, it's not something I strive for. It's just, I receive it and I give it that energy. I want to take that energy and, and, and like alchemize it and transform it and transmute it into this other area of my life around prosperity and abundance and wealth. And I believe it's possible. I have to believe or else what's the point? You know, you know, what is the point of like, these are all things we're choosing to believe. We choose to believe these things, right? Yeah. And I, I think it's possible. Like, that's what I'm striving for now is yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I very similarly to you, relationships were the opposite of thriving, like mm -hmm. the opposite, like the biggest pain point in my life has like up until recently has always been romantic relationships, like the most massive pain point where it just didn't feel like I felt very much like I feel now in relation to prosperity, like this, like I. I want it. And what if it's not for me? And how do I get it? And I wish it would just come to me and just like all this, like fantasizing about like, this is what I want. Oh. And then, you know, trying, trying so hard and not working. And like my, my relationship with prosperity mirrors what it used to be in romantic relationships. And, you know, when you say, I'm choosing to believe this now. It's almost like it feels like a bit of like a radical choice. Like if we're going to choose, if we're going to choose to believe this is possible. Like we could be so wrong. You, you know, it feels radical. It feels risky. It feels like going out on a ledge. I remember so clearly when choosing to believe what I wanted to believe was possible for relationships felt exactly the same way. Like this could be so risky. Um, what I'm choosing to desire for myself, what I'm choosing to believe is possible and how I want it to come to me. I remember thinking I could be so delusional. What if, what if I'm going to be so disappointed and kind of, you know, doing whatever I had to do internally to like stay in that stance and to keep believing what I was believing. And the fact that it feels so similarly, like gives me hope. It makes me think, man, it can't be a coincidence that these things are so similar. I really want to try what I tried there here. I really want to try it. And 
in a year, two years, three years from now, we could have a follow up podcast and we could be like, oh, everyone, we were wrong. Like, don't don't try that thing. Don't do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> go back to the hard work. And so it feels vulnerable, like it feels vulnerable to to say it and to say, like, that's what I'm trying. That's what we're that's this is what this is what we're trying, because, you know, how you said you had you have the other model. Well, mm -hmm. I don't feel as if I really do have a model for what I'm trying right now. It's like, I'm feeling it out as I'm going, but it, same as you, like, man, this is, if I get to choose what, what I want to be true, or if I get to, you know, at the very least I get to choose the belief I'm holding as I move forward, then this is the one I like. This is just simply the one I enjoy. And what if there's a chance that we get to choose what we enjoy to be yeah. true? Yeah. And it's, it's like, okay, so you have the belief you're choosing the belief that feels best. Like we're choosing to believe this. And then there's the ripple effects of that belief. So then it's that, that belief, it's not just enough to say, I'm choosing to believe this thing and then go off and, on your merry way and do the things that you would do in the, whatever old paradigm you were working from with this belief. Now you have to make new choices, new next steps that align to that belief. And, and that's like, when I think about the, you're talking about vulnerability and scary, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's scary because if I commit to this and maybe we do like a big experiment, Michelle, like maybe this is a big experiment, but if we commit to this, that means we have to make new choices. Yeah. The way my brain works is, okay, I've got this model of this other way and I've seen it works. I also know that I could muster up the strength within me <laughs> to push past the exhaustion in my body to do it this other way. And that would lead to financial freedom one day. But this choosing this new belief is going to require me to make different choices and, and next steps that are different from that. Mm -hmm. And that can impact <laughs> the thing I yearn for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like what if it actually takes you farther away? What if it takes me farther away? Yeah. Mm. What, what are some of those? Actually, I want to like back up even further because I am just like, I realized that, okay, when I first started thinking along these lines and tapping into like, first I knew I liked this energy because, and I, I like loved it in romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. I was like, it feels so good there to be pursued. And all I have to do is just like sit here loving myself. Mm, it feels so good. Um, I felt it very vague and nebulous and ambiguous when I tried to bring that energy and be like, what does it mean in a practical sense here? What does yeah. it mean in a practical sense here? It's like, it feels very like, what does that even mean um, for you? Like starting at just like the energy, what, what's the mm -hmm. energy in a more like rich sense what are what are all the pieces of the energy and feelings and dynamics that you really mean 
um, when you tap into this? Like, what is it you want? What's the feeling you want? What are you calling right. forward into this realm? Um, okay, so I've been I've been journaling about this a lot to, because it has felt very. I couldn't. It's like I couldn't. You know, sometimes when you're having a new awareness or, or an, a budding or emerging awareness, and sometimes it feels like quicksand in your hands, like you can't capture it, you can't quite catch it. And that's what it's been feeling like. So I've been doing a lot of journaling about what does this actually mean? So when I think about prosperity and how I want prosperity to come in my life, Prosperity is so deeply linked to creativity for me. Mm. And that's because vocation is linked to creativity. Vocation is my outlet for creativity. And I never used to think I was a creative, like I never used to think of myself as a creative person um, because I don't, I used to draw when I was young and I don't, but I don't like, I don't know. I don't draw, I don't paint, I don't do anything like with my hands. But, but what I've, what I create with the MRA and what I create, what we're doing right here, what it's, it fills my creativity and like literally like creation, like taking like nothing and turning it into something that's, that's born from not my strategic mind, but my something inside of my soul, inside of my heart. and the process of creation is messy and chaotic and expansive and beautiful. And um, for, so for me, vocation equals creativity. It is how I creatively express hmm. whether I'm designing a curriculum or a program within the MRA, or I'm having conversations with you here. It's actually this exact same energy. It's, um, and it, it's coming from something so deep inside of me. And so when I think about that outlet of vocation, which is tied to how I, like the channel of prosperity and the channel of wealth and money that can come into my life, it's tied to, for me, it's tied to that. They feel, they feel linked. Um, so what I, when I think about what I'm, what I'm most deeply yearning for is, is this energy of like birthing my creations into life and then not just birthing them into life, but then nurturing them for as long as I need to nurture it, for it to exist either on its own or be transformed into something else. So it's not just like plopping something into the world. It's like, I, I actually, it feels like, you know, when I, when I created the MRA, it actually felt like my third child. It, it, that's, it feels like that. It feels like something inside of me was birthed into the world. And I'm still in a nurturing, can't exist without me quite yet. You know, like it's, I'm still in this nurturing phase, but it's transforming and evolving and changing. And I have to grow and change with it. And you know, it's, it's, it's not a newborn anymore. <laughs> it's its own, its own person, its own entity. So to me, what I'm yearning for is for that 
energy of birthing a creation and nurturing it is enough to open up the channels for prosperity and wealth and abundance to effortlessly come to me. It's almost like an equal balance of give and receive. And I, you know, this, this energy of, I'm not sure if I'm expressing this. You're like deep in the psyche where I'm like deep in the psyche of my mind right now, Michelle. And I'm not sure if it's, if I'm, if I'm making any sense at all to anyone else other than my mind, but, um, I, this energy of giving and receiving what I want to give to the world is birthing these creative expressions and nurturing it. And what nurturing it looks like is, you know, when I think about the energy of creation can be chaotic and messy, nurturing it looks like cleaning it up whenever it needs to be cleaned up, you know, pivoting, um, um, tapping into the energy of it. Does it feel like we always talk about clean, clear, impassioned, focused energy? It's like, you know, in looking at the little corners that don't feel like that, well, what's here? And like really nurturing it and taking care of it until it is this thing that perhaps doesn't need me anymore or it transforms into something else. I, I just want to do that. That's the only thing I want to do. I just want to do that. And all of the work, quote unquote, work and tasks that that involve that. And I can give you some really concrete examples of what that actually looks like in my, in, you know, in, in my own life, but I want that to be the work I do and give to the world born from the inside out. And then I want to receive like the bounty of that creation in equal proportion. Mm. Yeah. And I want that to be enough. I want that to be enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. What does like, okay, I'm realizing there's like, you know, how like words mean slightly different things and have slightly different connotations. So as you describe what you want to do, the way you want to birth and nurture something, and like, that's your, that's your creative expression that you'd like to put out into the world. And then that's, that's what you want to do to have the prosperity and abundance flow in. What makes that work not feel like the hard work for you? Like what mm. is it? Oh, I love that question. You've actually just like brought tears to my eyes with that question. It's the same energy and work that I used to feel when I was pregnant or literally birthing my children into the world or waking up every hour on the hour to nurse them and feed them and give them sustenance and life and love them. Even when I was exhausted, like, man, those were some hard times, but in, in such a different way, such a, like there was so much love and, um, like work that was coming from my soul. And maybe we need a new word for work because it doesn't feel 
the same as the grind. Although I, I like some days obviously felt like Groundhog Day, you know, like some days can feel like that, but different than the days when I was working in a nine to five in a job I wasn't fulfilled in waking up, getting on the bus, oh, doing it all over again, oh, getting to another meeting. Like, oh, that was a different, that was a, that's a different energy than, than this energy of like this, this soul work, like this, this work of love. That's the same work I feel when I am pouring myself into creative expression in my vocation. It's energizing also exhausting but in yeah. a different way like the kind of exhausting where you put your head on the pillow at night and you're like whew, I gave him my all today you know like I and from the inside out like I oh I and I love that feeling yeah. I love that feeling yeah remember before I was like I'm not a hard worker I think to clarify that there's something similar for me here in that to me, when I say I'm not a hard worker and I don't want to work hard and I don't want to be a go-getter, I mean all of the stuff that my mind thinks maybe I should do. Mm -hmm. Like anything that comes from my mind, and even sometimes it feels like it comes from my body because I feel this like guilt and dread that like it comes with some of the things like, oh, I should be doing that thing, that would be smart. I should be doing this thing, that'd be smart. That's all the stuff I don't want. There are certain things, same for me, it's like my kids, like the amount of time and energy and focus that my babies got from me was just like yeah, otherworldly. It was, I, I, I witnessed it. It was absolutely otherworldly. Yeah, it was like I was in the absolute deepest devotion I could be towards my babies, it never occurred to, I was exhausted and sometimes I was emotional, but it never once ever occurred to me as the word work. It just wasn't how I experienced it. Um, and although I may have found certain parts really challenging, there were challenges to figure out it was never an intellectual thing in my mind. There was never a question if I should do it or not. It was just like, it was just instinctual. It was just like what my body and soul is just the, like the gravitational pull yeah. of where my focus was going to go, where my energy was going to go. And I don't mind that. That's just something that I can surrender to. So whether it's like, the gravitational pull towards caring for your child, whether it's the gravitational pull towards like a garden and like, I don't mind manual labor. I actually love mm -hmm. manual labor. I actually like give me a shovel or a rake and like send me outside for hours until my like blisters. I can do that. But I don't know why that doesn't occur to me as hard work. Well, maybe I do know why, because it's what I actually actually want to do but there's been so long a stretch in my life where I doubted what I actually wanted it, it in you know in exchange for 
what I thought was smart or the right thing to do. Yeah. That like it's it the the in a lot of cases the the deepest voice of what I actually want wanted just got a little put in the back seat, you know, like a little and so I think for me, um I want to when I say I want it to be easy and I want to be pursued, I don't imagine that I'm literally laying down doing nothing. I don't imagine that I'm in a bed and someone's feeding me grapes and I have like live like this, I don't know, this meditative like existence where I don't move. Um, but I imagine moving through my day and through my life in such a way where it's like the deepest, most ultimate freedom because I'm surrendering to my own desires and not worrying about anything else. And in that there's energy, there's focus. You know, my, my garden might have focus. My chickens might have energy. My kids might continue to, you know, like all of these, my, my, um, my notebook might have all of my energy poured into it. But in the most deeply free way that the word work doesn't enter into my mind. Mm -hmm. What's a new word for that? You're like, okay. we need to invent a new word. I like this. Because we're, we're, we're talking about the exact same thing here. And I, I think people could... I think most humans could deeply resonate with this. Yeah. What is the word? What could it be called? Actually, do you know what it is for me? It's like, it sounds like the opposite of work, but it's simply my desire. Mm -hmm. Like uh, um, it's allowing my energy to flow in the direction of my desire. Being re like really letting my energy flow in the direction mm -hmm. of my desire which is like when kids are playing, they're, yes. they're running around and they're using so much energy, but they're playing. And so it's not like, they're not like, oh, it's so hard to climb up the stairs to the play structure. But if you take them somewhere they don't want to go, you know, when kids are like, oh, my legs are so yeah. tired, right? <laughs> it's not because their legs aren't strong. Yeah. It's just, um, that's, it's it's so easy to channel, it's so much easier to channel the energy in the direction of like real desire mm -hmm. than it is to try to muster energy to like climb the stairs of success in the way that someone else says you need to do it. Yeah. But okay, maybe it still needs a word. Like what's a, what's, what's a word for? Well, I think about the word we use in at the MRA, especially in practitioner training, it, it's a yearning. It's like the yearnings, yeah, it desires, is. the yearnings. It's the, and we talk about how the, the, your deepest yearnings, that's the language of your soul, like yearning you forward. Yeah. So everything you're saying, like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I really, you know, I, I really believe that's true. And I don't even think it's wishful thinking. I really believe no, I it's believe true. I do too. Yeah. I do too. I, I was having this thought. I might've already told you this the other day, but I was having this thought of like, okay, if I believe that 
the most prosperity I can experience in this life will come from my most aligned expression in this world, from me being my most aligned self, then there is a relationship between those two things. And, and so if I'm experiencing a block, what feels like a block of not enough prosperity coming in from one end of the relationship, then it must also mean that my truest expression is not making itself, it's making its way out into the world. Ooh, right? I like this connection. Yeah, because the way it normally occurs to me is I'm having trouble. How do I get the prosperity in? That's the, that's the side I see it from. That's the way it occurs to me. I'm like, how do I get more prosperity in? And there's even a sense of like, if I, if I tap into the feelings around the like lack of prosperity, there's like, um, there's like a, a stuckness. I experience feelings of like, I, I feel stuck. So if, if these two things are directly connected and I'm feeling this lack, this block, this stuckness from the prosperity side, not enough prosperity coming in, then it also must be true that this same energy of being blocked, stuck, and lack exists in my expression out into the world. Most specifically, my truest, most aligned expression out into the world. Um, and it doesn't occur to me that way. I don't walk around my day saying, oh, I have a problem with, with um, not expressing enough. I have a lack of true expression or my truest desires and expressions are stifled or stuck or blocked. But when I started actually inquiring into what desires am I blocking? What expression is stuck inside me and not coming out? Um, where am I feeling a sense of lack of not, you know, having enough voice or like creating what I want to create, like getting my creations out, having the space to birth the things I actually want. When I started inquiring about that, I realized, oh my gosh, there are things. There are things, but my brain gets in the way and says, no, no, those aren't the things that equal prosperity. Those are indulgences. Those, those are the things that feel good to you. Those are, and so I'm starting to have these light bulbs being like, well, could it be true that these things I actually really yearn to express both, you know, in my, uh, I mean, express in all the ways. There are things I yearn to express out loud with my voice. There are things I yearn to express through my hands written onto paper. There are things I, I yearn to express through um, like birthing creations out into the world in terms of like, you know, gardens that want to be created, books that want to be created, uh, a trail I want to carve, um, projects I want to birth and tend to. And now my little 
very, very hopeful question is, you know, could it be, could it be that, um, it, it could, could this be true? Could this actually be the key? And so I think it comes back to, uh, yeah, this is why I really believe it's true that our actual deepest yearnings, the things that actually, actually feel good, really just might be the key to prosperity, which is like very counter to everything I've ever internalized from the world about needing to work hard to, you know, <laughs> needing to work hard to, um, make the money you want to make. And then you can go play later, you know, then you can go feel good later once you've done, done the work. I love this. And like, when I hear it from you expressed, I think this is, I, I, I choose this belief. I choose this. <laughs> I want to choose that this is the way it can work. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Michelle, what is that? Um, what does that tangibly look like for you? Like right here, right now, what does that tangibly look like for you? Mm. Okay, the first thing it looks like is um, cutting off that train that cutting off that tendency uh, in a moment okay so there's all these moments right now in my life where i i i stumble upon like a situation or a moment that reflects to me that i'm not experiencing the level of prosperity that i desire and in those moments my pattern has been and still is like the wiring that happens the pattern that that triggers is me going into my brain and go and trying to figure out what do I need to do about this to what do I how do I figure this out what do I need to do about this and it, my brain often goes on a train of uh what it thinks might be the smart things like ooh um doing better budgeting or um pouring in pouring some energy into a really safe obvious route to bring extra money in because there are like many right it's like there's there's a few things that seem so obvious like just take on a bunch of clients and just mm -hmm. you know like there's very obvious routes my brain goes there and what it looks like is interrupting that process and staying entirely out of my brain staying entirely out of the figuring out and instead coming back into my body coming back into just today and carving out and fiercely protecting time and space where I can express my energy in those outlets that feel so good, so luxurious, so joyful. So like I told you, I've started my morning pages every morning, not just like journaling and writing when I'm really upset and I need it, but every morning I carve out time um, to just 
so much time actually to just pour whatever is present out onto paper. It's just like, if I am a water wheel of emotions and expressions, then this is just the time where like, no matter what, I am just opening a book and I am pouring, I'm pouring myself onto a page and like being in that practice. And it looks like, um, it looks like every single day asking myself, what do I actually most yearn for? And just like touching it a little bit, like, like, like trying to slowly but surely open those doors wider and wider and wider and wider. It looks like, um, it looks like working with my vision to get really, really clear on the things I would be most excited to birth into the world that I'd be most deeply proud of that would be most meaningful to me to get clear on the process that would feel best to get there. Um, it looks like <laughs> working with the fears and the doubts that pop up constantly, mm -hmm. um, like every single day. And it, and I, and I think that's actually almost it. And I think it's that on repeat. And I think that I'm, I think that's good. that entire process and all of those things, I think what they need is, um, real devotion and consistency. That's what I know so far. Maybe that's enough. Maybe it, there's more, but that feels, that feels like what it is right now. You know, I, you, when we talk about your morning pages, so, you know, this is a process that you, you just started to do these morning pages and the journaling has been something I do. We both have journaled forever and ever, but my, my process of journaling has always been in the morning and it's, it's the exact same thing. It's like, I need, I need that time and space to get everything out of me and everything out on paper. Sometimes I'm, sometimes they're, you know, sticky emotions or sticky fears that I'm working through. Other times it's just complete and utter gratitude. Other times it's visioning for my life. Other times it's problem solving, but actually my greatest creative outlet is my morning journaling practice. I've got to say, I think 90% of the things I have created in the MRA or elsewhere has been, has come up or been inspired in that process. Mm. And when you were talking about what that looks like for you, I thought, gosh, that morning practice for both of us now, you know, and I don't think everyone has to do it in the morning, but whatever, whatever outlets use, but that outlet of creativity, that outlet of expression that in and of itself is 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 opening up the channels to prosperity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um and you know something I think is really important about it. So something that I've always picked up from you that I know is true f for you is that the 
you know, as long as I've known you, that's been your practice. That's been your habit, your morning journaling session. You protect it fiercely. And one thing that's really clear is, is that you're not doing it because you think that's what you should do. Maybe at one point it came as an idea of you thought, oh, I should do that. But you're doing it because it feels so good to you. Yes. You yes. love it. Um, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I think it's my favorite thing in the entire universe. I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. And I feel that from you so clearly. And I think that is the most, maybe the most important part of what I'm realizing and what we're saying. It's not like, um, it just so happens that when I started doing my morning pages, it just so happened. It was almost like I was surprised. I, I decided I was going to commit to it for like a certain length of time and just see. It was like an experiment. It's a challenge. Let's just see. I felt excited about the idea of doing that. And within the first week of doing it, I was like, oh, this feels so good. I never want to stop. And that is the clue for me that that's an important part of the process, that feeling of it feeling so good. I don't think that showing up consistently in a way that your brain thinks is smart, that'll get you towards your goals, but that doesn't feel good. I don't think, I don't think that, I was going to say, I don't think that works, but I'm going to say that does not work for me. And I suspect that it might not work for other people. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Um, yeah. M my, um, a, a mutual person who's very close to us both is in the process of uh, a really cool project with a bunch of other team members and they have a shared vision and they're all working together and they have goals as part of the shared vision. And um, one of their team members, when they have meetings, keeps saying to everyone, yeah, we have this, yeah, we have this vision, but there's going to be lots of twists and turns along the way. And the most important thing is that we fall in love with the process. And so he says that to their group a lot, and it's really resonating with the, this, you know, our, our friend, our person. And um, so when I'm talking to her, she says that to me a lot. Oh, he is falling in love with the process. And um, the more she's saying it, the more it's sinking in and the more I'm understanding how true that is and how important that is. So it's like, imagine Imagine the power, um, like really imagine the power of kind of like forget how close or far you feel to your goals, but every day you wake up, you are pouring, whether you're pouring a lot or just, you know, um, dipping your toes in a process, you know, towards the you know, on the journey towards your goals. But every time you touch that process, you love the feeling of it. 
when I think of it that way, it feels like bound to succeed. How could it not? If every time you touch the path or the process towards your goal, it feels so wonderful to you, of course you're going to keep going. It's like, of course it's going to succeed. Of course you're going to reach your goals. And versus if you touch what you think is the best process towards your goal, but it doesn't feel good, mm. of course you're going to... Actually, I think there's some people out there who are just like such willpowering machines that like mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. They'll just, they, they can do that. But for those of us who are like, I don't know, I'm saying like weaker, but I don't even mean weaker in a bad way. I like mm. actually embrace my like weakness. It's like, no, I'm sensitive and I'm, I'm weak. And I don't like to, I don't, I don't, I no longer want to persevere and be super resilient through a situation that doesn't feel good. It feels like real honoring and actually a different kind of power to just be like, no, I'm sensitive yeah. and weak. And I would like to, I would like to do it in a way that feels good. I, I'm just, I'm feeling the power in that. You know what I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about some of my own goals and my own journey and, you know, um, in the creation of the MRA and, and I'm thinking about your words around when you touch the path and like you, you continue like the process and the journey, it feels so good. And I'm also thinking about the times where it actually doesn't feel good. Mm. And, and what, what's been, what's been interesting in those moments is that it's not that I'm on the wrong path or I'm going in the wrong direction or I'm letting other, you know, parts of myself, like my mind or my guard lead the way. It's that there's something, the energy got mucked up a little bit or my perception got, it, it like is misconstrued or I'm, I'm, um, and, and in those moments, it's not been about persevering and pushing through the pain and getting to the other side. In fact, in those moments, what's been incredibly important is getting to the heart of what, it, what am I not seeing clearly or what needs to be cleared on this path or what needs to be released or what's no longer working here. And so, but, but when I, when I when I go and sink into that thought in the challenging times and I, and I, and I look at like, again, looking at those corners that are not working or I've outgrown that or something needs to be shifted or readjusted. And to me, that's anchoring back into that creative process. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And clearing and cleaning that energy up. And so that, oh coming back onto the path, like taking those steps forward. Oh, it feels good again. It feels good again. It feels good again. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. And I don't know if this is exactly what it is for you, but I notice that when I hit things that don't feel good on the path towards what I want, the, the root of what doesn't feel good is there's a piece of resistance inside of me. Yes. And it's, it's, it's my own block 
that needs to be released. And it's never, it's never that it's the wrong path or that like the path doesn't feel good or the actual process doesn't feel good. Something gets kinked up in me or yes. has always been kinked up in me. And the path is giving me an opportunity to like re release the thing that is creating my own block. It's like, I'm, I'm always creating my own pain in one way or another. I yeah. just don't realize it. I experience the pain as coming from the outside. So it's like, like, here's an example. Um, and I kind of already touched on this, but I, for a while, had this thought in my mind. Yeah, not just my mind. I had this like yearning of like, I want to write a book one day. And then my kind of thing that didn't feel good about it was, I just feel like I don't know what to write about. I feel kind of like blocked. I don't feel inspired. Like, what do I even want to write about? And so this feeling of like, oh, it's like, it's hard. I'm blocked. I'm uninspired. I don't know what to write. Oh, it was like this, like, you know, this blocked that felt like I don't know how to get through this. And um, I realized through the morning pages and all these exercises and like the, the, the little challenge I'm doing, um, the truth is, is like, I have so much to say. I have so much to write. It's dying to pour out of me. I just like had fears holding it in. And, mm -hmm. and as soon as I, it's so simple and obvious, as soon as I just took the time and space to actually like identify those fears and write about them. And they kind of, you know, I, I moved my own resistance. I was flowing and it feels so good when I am flowing and the things that stop my flowing are what feel bad. Mm -hmm. Such a different energy than uphill battle kind of resistance. Yeah. And I go back to the same energy of raising young children and, you know, the, because it's not that that was easy. I mean, there, that some of those days were some of the most challenging days of my life, but it was always a matter of uh, perspective and or limitation inside of me that I needed to get to the root of, yeah. that I needed to heal, that I needed to look at to 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 open op open back the like the, the floodgates of joy and love and presence. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's in some ways it's easier. Like, I feel like someone listening would say, or someone like having this conversation with us would be like, yeah, I understand what you mean in motherhood, or I understand what you mean in like writing your creative novel or like gardening. But when it comes to business, I don't see what you, I don't see how that's true, or I don't even see what you mean. Mm -hmm. Can you, because for you, mm -hmm. your vocation is your creative outlet, your prosperity, the, the MRE is a business. Yeah. Can you describe in a more specific way what that means or looks like in different corners of operating an actual business? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Um, you know, there is so much strategy out there, it, you know, for businesses, for 
online coaches for, I mean, there's so much strategy out there. And I think it's important to like learn certain aspects of business and strategy. Like I think those things are important. However, I've, I have, I've often found that my, my, when I anchor into my yearnings, they take me in a different direction than what a business strategist or mentor would tell me to do. (laughs) And, and so it's extra scary. I feel extra scared (laughs) because if I really choose to believe that my deepest yearnings and following my deepest yearnings lead to prosperity, lead to the, you know, the, the, the bounty of, of that expression in, in terms of wealth and prosperity. If I actually believe that, I have to make different choices. And those different choices impact mine and my family's livelihood and could possibly impact other people's livelihood because I have a team, as you know, Michelle, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to wonder if some of my choices ever scared you, <laughs> but, um, so what that looks like today is, um, mm, oh gosh, this has been such an iterative process. And I think I've been following this process and trusting it more and more and more as I, uh, trust myself and trust this process more and more and more. But like one example, like one very tangible example, you know this, Michelle, because we've had discussions about it. And probably by the time this this episode airs, it will have been like publicly announced. (laughs) But my deepest yearning, one of my deepest yearnings right now is to move from two to three cohorts a year, which is what we do. We launch several times a year. We've got several cohorts running and overlapping and which is wonderful for business. It's wonderful. It's thriving. But I have this deep yearning to launch one cohort a year, just one. And what that feels like to me is if I think about the energy that is poured into these cohorts and poured into the students and poured into the experience, it's like, it is exceptional. And I know that and like, I'm, I'm like really ready to claim that too, because for a long time I stayed quite small in that, but it is exceptional. <laughs> what we do is exceptional. The energy and love and the devotion we pour in is exceptional. And I, f- I feel we're at a point where we're doing ourselves a disservice, pouring in to this beautiful f- curriculum we've built in these multiple different streams that are operating at different times. And we got one cohort over here in the process and one just starting and one just ending and one in the middle. And the way our energy is being divided is, Ooh, it's, it, it feels inside. It makes me, it gives me the tired feeling. It gives me the, Oh, that like my nervous system wants to be like, Oh, just go put a, like a warm weighted blanket on and just relax. It, It gives me that feeling of you know when we talk about clean clear energy it that doesn't feel clean and clear anymore and so i have a deep yearning to change the way we do business here and to have one one cohort a year 
and just to so deeply honor that cohort by moving through everyone in, on the team moves through the cohort and the different stages of the cohort at the same time. And can I trust, <laughs> can I trust that following this yearning will, will not impact us negatively from a financial perspective, right? Like, can I trust that, that, and it feels scary to do that, but, but if I'm honoring myself and if I'm deciding to make new choices in alignment with the, the, these deep expressions and the way I want to express the way I want to serve the world, that's what's true. One mm. cohort a year is what I want to do. Um, so that's one of, you know, many, but that's, that's a, that's a big decision I'm currently inside of right now. And, um, there's, there's other pieces like Michelle, you and I have this, this podcast, this podcast could easily from a strategic perspective, we could easily get into our strategic business brains and we could, we could, we could easily get lost in this podcast is to attract new students or new whatever clients or whatever our, you know, our motives are. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with strategy. I'm not saying that, but when we start thinking that way, what we noticed in previous seasons, Michelle, is that our, our, our joy was sucked out of the process. And so we've had to get really aligned with what is this podcast for? Like, and this podcast is for this, <laughs> this podcast is for, are, are, is for th these expressions. Th there's, it, they're imperfect. We don't even, we don't even know necessarily what we're going to talk about, but it's, it's, it's a, an expression, a self, a way to express. Yeah. And that's it. And that's, and that's it. And can we trust that whatever this is meant to be? It will be just by this expression with no other strategy in place or ulterior motives in place or, you know, sticking it in a funnel system that captures this and that. And like, can we just trust? Yeah. That's what it looks like in business. And whew, it can feel really scary when you're live, when you're, you're not just creating for fun, just to create your creations are also attached to your livelihood. Mm. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that's why I always have said that business for me, entrepreneurship for me has been the greatest catalyst for my growth, even greater than motherhood for me. Mm. And I think it's because of that, that because it's been so deeply tied to livelihood and, and, and so the, the, <laughs> The risks feel greater that I'm taking. The risks feel great. And, but, but also so, um, so, so much, what am I trying to say? Like the creations and the bounty, you know, like the, there's so much joy in this kind of expression in like the birthing of your creations in the world. And then the nurturing and the, again, cleaning up the energy and the little corners inside of you and the little corners inside of your business that are out of alignment and, or that want to move. And 
it's such a, a live creative process that um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. <laughs> it's brought me so much joy. It's also brought me to my knees in tears more times than I can count, but oh, I would not trade this for the world. Mm. What is a sign for you? What would be the red flag for you that you are moving out of this energy that you're describing that you love, this energy of just, you know, being in your truest, most authentic expression, trusting that, and then like just trusting the prosperity to pursue you, what would be a sign that you were shifting out of that and you were moving into trying to pursue the prosperity mm -hmm. and the business success? Yeah. So a, a red flag is that I'm, I start to uh, chase um, numbers mm. or I'm starting to get fixated on numbers or outcomes that immediately uh, takes me out of my joy. Mm. <laughs> and then over prolonged periods of time that it takes me down a slippery slope of, of lots of unaligned energy. And so it's when I'm really focused on outcomes, when I'm focused on numbers, when I'm focused on like the, again, the strategy and the, um, like the strategy from my mind, not the strategy from my soul, you know, when I move up into my head yeah. and I know I'm moving up into my head because I feel it. I can feel, I, you know, I, what it looks like in my home life is I'm, un, I'm, I'm, I'm not present. I'm, I, I, I've lost a piece of presence or connection with my with my family who are, you know, the, the most important, the three most important people in my life. I, I'm rushing or I'm, you know, I'm, my wheels are spinning. I'm not like, I'm, I lose presence. That is a, those are some like red flags that I, I, I've stepped off the path here. I've, I'm focusing on something I shouldn't be focusing on. Mm -hmm. And that's an invitation to come back to, well, that's an invitation to go journal <laughs> and go sift through whatever's going on inside to get back to, why am I doing this in the first place? What are the, what am I yearning for? What do I want to create? You know, one thing I, another thing I'm really yearning to create right now is um, my, my kids have been sleeping together in the same bed since the beginning of the pandemic. And, um, they, so Shay moved into Cooper's room to now they, they sleep in the same bed. And, and, and so it's been, I don't know how many years ago was that a lot of years ago now. Yeah. And now, and now Cooper is getting to the age where he's like, mom, I need to get her out of my room. And Shay's like, no, don't leave me. And, and I have this deep yearning to, um, I, cause I really want to respect Cooper and the privacy that he's feeling like he needs now. But if I look at Shay's room, Shay's room is now like the storage room because we haven't used it in like four years. And I have this yearning to, to, to go and decorate her room and make it so cozy and beautiful mm -hmm. and comfy. And 
um, like, like a, like a sanctuary, like a little haven for her. I want that for her so badly. Mm. And, um, I have this, it, it feels like not a to-do list. Like, Oh, I got to get her all this new stuff. I got to, Oh, you know, it's not a to-do list yearning. It's like, a, Oh, I want to do this. I want to pour my energy into creating something for her. And could I trust that by pouring my energy into this, I'm not, I'm, I, because if I pour my energy into this, I'm taking my energy out of something else, like doing something in, you know, in the MRA to increase whatever, or do something strategic from my mind. Can I trust that by really following this yearning, I'm also somehow opening up the portal to prosperity, like Mm. seemingly unrelated things. Can I trust that? Because the, I want to trust that. Yeah. And I, not only do I want to, I'm choosing to trust that. I love that so much. So, so, so much. I don't know if this is really the same. There's this like, a red flag for me that I'm not in alignment and I'm not I, I'm I'm not believing the things I want to believe is like this thing about time. Like I when I think I don't have enough time, that is like a red flag that I'm out of alignment. Um and I don't even know, as you say this, I'm realizing, I don't even know if it's time, but there's this deep fear of like, um, uh, it's time, it's energy, it's focus. It's all of those things, like taking time and energy and focus and pouring it towards something else you love. It's funny that there's such a, such a fear there. Like if all of my time and energy and focus isn't going towards this one thing it's going to crash and burn and fail and die and I'm going to be penniless and like you know it's it's funny how strong that can be but I very much feel it too sometimes the story in my brain is I don't have time to read to my kids tonight um or I don't you know uh if I yeah, I don't have time to read to my kids tonight, or I don't have time, or I won't have the energy to also schedule in making sure I go for a walk every day, or, you know, like, it's funny, the sense of lack that creeps in and the fear around it. And there's a like, and when my brain tells these stories, it feels very factual and logical and based on numbers and the number of hours in the day, there's not time. Um, but what what I notice is, is like, if I actually just choose to take my worrying brain away from something or like, if, if I actually just choose to do it, like all of a sudden, right now I have time for all my morning pages. I have time to read every night, like chapters of a book with my kids that I love doing. I have time to go for multiple walks. And I don't know, it's like the time magically appeared mm-hmm. because... because I just decided it was worth it. Nothing has changed. I don't, it's like, I think there's, um, 
I, I don't know if someone if someone would have told me this in the wrong moment, I would have found it very, very, very triggering because I would have wanted I would have wanted to defend the fact that I had no time very fiercely. But um, I think it's I think it's true. I believe you like what you want to believe that you can pour your energy into this other thing that feels so meaningful and so good. You can spend the time, you can spend the energy, you could spend the focus, you can spend like the joy and attention. And not only will everything survive, but in fact, maybe your life will blossom even more. I believe you. I think that I think that time can magically be created. Energy can magically be created. I think the more you pour into the things you love and 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 create the things you want to create and express the things you want to create it feels like it actually creates more time and more energy and more abundance and more opportunity even though it sounds fake it feels real it does yeah and at the end of the day i think that we get to choose our beliefs <laughs> like we get to choose the beliefs that feel good yeah. you know and that seem to work and 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 like how empowering is that yeah yeah what would you say to someone said no that's it if someone said no that's not true it's not the way the universe or the world works Taryn you don't actually get to choose what would you say I think a previous version of me would have wanted to argue that and like engage in a debate about that and prove a point so that they could, you know, see that I was right. I don't think I would have any reaction to it now. Mm. I think everyone gets to choose. Yeah. I think everyone gets to choose and choose their, the way they, you know, see and perceive the world. And um, I think that this is what's working for me. So mm. I'm just gonna, just gonna stay over here and choose this belief over here and continue to expand in this belief. And, um, it's not, I'm not hurting anyone by choosing this belief and, 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 and hope that, you know, I think what I've, what I've, what I've observed is that when I try to get someone to see what I see or to shift into the belief that I believe or expanded awareness that I see, um, it's, it's almost like people who are bumping up against that will have an even greater resistance to it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, and so instead I'm just gonna leave what I believe express what I want to express, create what I want to create. And if that inspires other people to expand their minds and their, you know, if that inspires others, then wonderful. Like what a wonderful ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. If you could leave a story in this world with the way you just through the way you live your life what like what story would you most want to leave about what's true about prosperity for you and maybe for others oh my god what a beautiful question michelle <laughs> when you tear up again 
I, ooh, I would want people through my legacy or my life, I would want to create a model for a different way. And not in, not the kind of model again, that, that says like, do it my way over here. It's like, I just lived my life this particular way. And the people, people took notice Mm. and were like intrigued as to, she seems to be doing it a different way. Maybe there is a different way to achieve prosperity and to achieve wealth and abundance in this life through those through the the deepest yearnings of our soul mm-hmm. I, I would also want i would also like specifically around cuz i think <laughs> entrepreneurship and business is part of like is part of so deeply inter- intertwined with that i would want I would want people who are entrepreneurs and who are wanting to be entrepreneurs. I would want them. I would want, I would want to leave that story behind that there is a different way. There is a soul led way. There is a way to let your soul lead. There is a way for this to be the greatest outlet for your fullest self-expression that also some days will be absolutely maddening. but also will be this incredible or cause the potential to be this incredible outlet for your fullest self-expression. I would want people to know that that's possible. Hmm. What about you? What a great question, Michelle. Um, What about me? Um, Okay. So similar, like I'm going to kind of borrow your answer a little bit, but the different, the, there's a different flavor for me. You know, you think you're thinking about, you're kind of imagining some of the entrepreneurs out there, like these people who want to birth these, whether you call them businesses or not, but you know, mm-hmm. birth these creations. Or, yeah, yeah. These creations and, and to like, Oh, just to see like this, this other way that might be possible. I think I'm just thinking back to all of the moments when I was young. Like, okay, remember I said I'm like I've never been a go-getter. I'm not a go-getter. I like it's just um in some ways like that I really stand by that. It still feels like a deeply true statement because my entire life from childhood through, you know, like just adolescence, like one thing that's always been very present and consistent, and it does not come from a limiting belief and it does not come from me being like, oh, I can't, I'm not capable. Um, There's this one thing I've always felt is like, why do I have to go achieve things? Why can't I be a stay-at-home mom, even just like, why can't I just be a stay-at-home wife? Why can't I just be home and like take care of my kids and bake food and garden? And why, why do I have to do more? Why do I have to want more? Like, 
I've like that question has turned in my head since I was five. And I heard from my mom that like, oh, no, you have to grow up and get a job. I was so horrified when I learned that reality. <laughs> like, I know I've told you this before. I was like, I can't believe what you're saying is true. I'm devastated and terrified. And then like, I just didn't know how to, because there wasn't, I didn't have this dream. And it's not like, I feel like I grew up from this time where this paradigm shifted. It it went from like all the things that I wanted the generation before, or like, especially two, two generations before that was allowed. Like if I had been born two generations before, I would have been like, life is so good. And I was born in the, I feel like I was born in the time where the only message I ever heard was, oh no, you have potential and you better not waste it. And you're capable of anything and everything. And you can have this job and you can have that job and you can be, you can have this position and that position. And I heard it all and went, no, thanks. Not because I don't believe I'm capable. Like the thing I can picture my parents being like, you could be anything you want to be, anything you want to be. You could, you know, that's all I ever heard and truly believed. And I just felt like there was this discrepancy inside of like, but I don't feel any desire. I don't have any hopes and dreams to be any of these things. The world is saying I can be. And, um, and what still feels very true for me is just being like a woman who like deeply loves a man and having children who I love and nurture and raise and mother and um, cooking delicious meals for my family and gardening and taking care of my chickens and doing all those things. Um, it's like, it's so close to being enough for me. It's like half a breath away. It's almost everything I want and need to be the most deeply satisfied I could ever be. What I'm realizing is like there is a hint of something else I do want. So it's not only that. There's this like, there's this hint of wanting to have creative outlet where I'm seen and heard and have some sort of impact. But all the other things, it's so close to enough that like, if I wasn't paying close enough attention, I would believe that that was all I wanted and needed. And so I think for me, and it, it's going to sound maybe like backwards for, to some people, it might sound like I'm like, I'm like undoing progress for women or something. But for me, I think I would love to leave the story of like, for those people who don't want to do that much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wild prosperity is still possible. Like I, I don't want, because for a long time to me in my mind, it equaled because I don't have these grand ambitions or these things like, because I don't want to be a CEO, because I don't want to like uh, work in this successful field or because I don't want to, to me, I was like, oh no, well, I guess that means that I'm not going to, I'll have to just be happy with less prosperity, less money, because I don't want to do any of those things. And I would like to leave um, a really unreasonable story that mm. you don't, like you get, you get, I get to honor and anyone gets to honor the like full old school homemakery type mother, but even more than that, like literally, even if I didn't have kids or someone didn't have kids, but like, I just want to like, love my husband. 
<laughs> and like, I just, I want being in love to be my vocation. I would like to leave a story so unreasonable that that person through that outlet has a way to uh, call in wild prosperity and financial success. Like something that sounds so unreasonable. I would like to leave a story that that's actually possible. Something that seems outrageous, just outrageous. That's what I, that's what I would love to prove for myself. That's what I, I want to, if I could prove that to myself, oh, it would be like the resolution of a lifetime of self-doubt. It, it actually, when you said that, a resolution of lifetimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, le like generations, like lifetimes before. It, mm. You know, it feels like, it feels, what you just said feels profound. Hmm. Well, I'm glad it's recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Ah, <laughs> uh, amazing. Your golden nugget. What's your golden nugget? Ooh, I think my golden nugget is, is just a more cemented, this, like speaking this out loud and having like this robust conversation around this topic that we've been that we've been kind of circling around and, and I've been, I've been, you know, circling around in my mind and my journal. Oh, I just, it, something cemented, something more deeply cemented for me in this, in this conversation. Mm. So it's like, it's the entire conversation is just feels like it's more firmly planted in my psyche, in, in my cells. That's what I'm walking away with. What mm. about you? For me, it's, uh, so I told you before we had this conversation, I was like, Ooh, it's a little vulnerable because like, what if, uh, it's like, it's not, it's not proven yet. Mm -hmm. Right. And I have this good feeling slash like, Ooh, feeling about, wow, we, I just said it to the world and now I better like, I better like walk the walk. <laughs> like, totally. <laughs> but like, that's good. You know, it feels like in a good way, like, okay, I just like said it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, this is what I'm, this is what I'm, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is my intention. Yeah. Something so powerful about putting that to another human to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. This is lovely. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. If it serves you, take a moment to contemplate what your golden nugget is from this exploration. And if you feel inspired, please feel free to share it with us in the comments of this episode on our YouTube channel. To learn more about the MRA and our renowned flagship Mind Rebel Coach Training Series that begins once a year in the spring, please visit our website at www.themindrebel.com.